Chapter 15, Ashford's Question. An angry shout brought Alfie back to reality. Release me! A woman was screaming. He sat up to see Artan wrapped tightly around the queen, who was trying to hop towards the portal in the oak tree. This one hitched a ride on the way down, Artan grinned. Want me to throw her in the lake? What, and pollute it? shouted Robin, who had run out of the castle doors, followed by Amy and Ashford. Why don't you find a nice hot volcano instead? Oh, happy to oblige, said Artan, rising into the air. No, you don't, said Alfie, grabbing one of the bear's paws and pulling him back to earth. Just set her down over there until we can figure out what to do. I can't believe you got out of that, mate, said Amy, looking up at the ruins of the eastern tower. I thought you'd be, well, you could have been. She gave up trying to form a sentence and flopped down onto the grass between Alfie and Madeline, wrapping her arms around their shoulders. Even Robin and Ashford hurried over to join in the group hug. Artan looked very disappointed to be left out, so they all ruffled his fur and scratched him under the chin, ignoring the bedraggled queen in his grasp. I don't understand what happened, said Alfie, finally escaping the scrum and pulling his empty talisman from his pocket. Why didn't the lens work? Because it wasn't your talisman he gave them, said Madeline. Alfie stared at her in confusion. She's right, said Ashford, dropping something into Alfie's hand. Another talisman. This one is yours. Alfie turned it over, comparing it to the other talisman. Apart from the missing lens, they were exactly the same, even down to a tiny scratch on the back. You asked Orin to make a fake? He asked Ashford, as it dawned on him at last. I figured it out, interrupted Madeline, practically bouncing on her knees. Ashford wouldn't wake up, so I had a brilliant idea. I got a pencil and rubbed it over the page under the one he had written on the notebook. It revealed what he had written. He asked Orin to replace the crystal lens of the talisman with colored glass and to hide it under the inkwell pot set into the desk of the study. And I found it. I knew it was safe to give it to them because the lens wasn't real. Orin left the original lens in here with it. Madeline pulled the little velvet pouch that Alfie had taken to Orin from her pocket and shook it. Go Mads, said Amy, giving her a high five. Alfie scratched his head as he stared at the two talismans in his hand. I still don't understand. Why was there another talisman? And why did the lens need replacing? Wasn't the whole thing a fake in the first place? No, it's just as real as yours. Everyone looked at Ashford as he took the empty talisman from Alfie and the lens from the pouch Madeline was holding and fixed the two back together. This one is mine. He fastened the repaired talisman around his neck. Alfie was confused. Well, how can it be? Emily told me mine is one of a kind. And she was speaking the truth, said Ashford. Alfie continued to stare at him blankly. Was the butler still delirious? So, you're saying, you're telling us you're both wearing the same talisman? Said Robin slowly as he tried to work out the riddle. And we know that you can time slip. And Caspian told us you were a thief, interrupted Madeline, jumping to her own conclusion. 
So, you slipped into the future and stole it from Alfie. Was a thief, said Ashford. And no, I did not steal it. I can't time slip into the future, only the past. The late 1400s, to be precise. 81 years after the date my great-grandfather was born. If your great-grandfather was born in the 1400s, then you must have traveled into the future, said Robin. How else can you be there? Amy felt the butler's forehead. You're not making sense, Ash, she said. Why don't you have a rest while we call Caspian? Caspian will be on his way. You can be sure of that, said Ashford, watching Alfie carefully. A spark of comprehension was flickering in Alfie's brain, shining a light on all of the unanswered questions about Ashford. It's me, isn't it? He said quietly. Your great-grandfather is me. Your talisman is mine. Only a later version. You inherited it from me? Ashford beamed at him. Along with a few other gifts, I was the only one of your descendants to inherit the time slip ability. Just as you can travel back nearly 600 years to the lifetime you have lived, would have lived in the 1400s, I can travel that same distance back from my own birth 81 years after yours. You're from the future? gaped Robin. If Alfie wasn't already sitting down, he would have fallen over. Ashford nodded. I am able to live here in this time period because Martin and Bone have their own ways of manipulating time and sent me here to protect you. He looked down. I haven't exactly done a great job of that so far, have I? Well, hey, we're here, aren't we? said Alfie. And the elves would still be here if you hadn't had the idea about the talisman. Amy, Robin, and Madeline were looking from Alfie to Ashford as though they had just found out the two of them were aliens. When when's the last time you went back home, back into the future? Robin burst out. Could you take us with you? Ashford was silent for a moment. I can never go back. Mr. Munnan made sure of that when he played with the threads of time to keep me here. It's part of my punishment, or so they thought. Alfie hoped he'd never have to meet Mr. Munnan. By the sound of him, he made even Caspian seem friendly by comparison. Ashford twisted the talisman around his neck. At first, I thought it was an insult to be sent here to work for you, but I see now that it is the greatest thing that could have happened to me. I am proud to be of your family line, Alfie Bloom. Oh, all the amazing things you do around the castle. That's all with the magic you inherited? Asked Alfie. The magic orn hid inside me? The magic was greatly watered down through the generations, said Ashford. It is stronger in me than any of your other descendants, but it isn't close to what you hold. He shook his head. I don't know how you do it, how you keep it from consuming you. I ignored the warnings you gave me when I was a child. I gave it far too much freedom and ended up serving out my punishment under Caspian's thumb. No, said Alfie. 
you ended up at home with family. He clasped Ashford's hand in what he felt was a manly shake. The moment was broken by loud cawing as Caspian's ravens returned to the walls of Hexbridge Castle. The largest swooped straight down towards them, growing larger and changing in form until it was a man clothed in black. Caspian Bone. The solicitor's clawed feet turned to polished black shoes as they hit the ground in mid-stride. His huge wings folded and transformed into arms as he walked towards Alfie. Caspian's head twitched quickly from side to side as his obsidian eyes took in the imprisoned elven queen, the tree that had torn the castle entrance apart, and the ruins of the tower. You are unharmed? he asked curtly. We're fine, said Alfie. They tried to... The crown? said Caspian. Destroyed, replied Ashford, standing firm as Caspian marched over to stand toe to toe with him. You did not keep to the terms of our agreement, said the solicitor. Not only did you travel beyond this village, you opened a portal to another realm and led an army straight to the child. You failed in your duty to protect him. That's unfair, said Alfie, stung at being called a child. He pointed at the queen who was sitting quiet and still in the presence of Caspian. If it If it wasn't for Ashford, Hexbridge would be in her realm, and we'd all be slaves. If it wasn't for Ashford, Hexbridge wouldn't have needed saving, said Caspian without taking his eyes off the butler. Your parole is over. You will return to our offices, and we will discuss your punishment with Mr. Munnan. He's not going anywhere, said Alfie. He wanted Ashford to say something, to fight back against Caspian. But he just stood there in silence. He feels guilt. He he feels guilty, whispered Robin. He wants to be punished. Hey, look up there, said Madeline suddenly. A strange black shape broke through the silvery moonlight clouds and hurtled down toward them. There was a loud whinny as the munnin and bone coach thundered down out of the sky to land beyond the castle walls. They heard twelve pairs of hooves hit the hillside one by one as six horses slowed to a cantor. I knew it, shouted Amy, punching the air. I totally knew that thing could fly. Quick, quick, lower the drawbridge, said Madeline, hopping from foot to foot. Alfie pulled out his key ring and pressed the remote control tag. The portcullis rattled upwards and the drawbridge clanked down to bridge the moat just in time for the steaming horses to clop across into the courtyard. Johan, the driver, tipped his hat to Alfie as the coach rolled to a stop. The doors flew open and Alfie's dad, Granny, Aunt Grace, and Uncle Herb leapt out and raced toward them. No one could hold a conversation for several minutes as with all the hugging and tears and a hundred questions all at once. Two days, Aunt Grace kept crying. Two days of not knowing what was happening in here. And we couldn't break through the mist, son, said Alfie's dad, holding him tight around the shoulders. We tried, but we kept forgetting what we were trying to do. And we couldn't get help added Uncle Herb. All the folks down in the village seemed to have forgotten there was ever a castle here. 
We were starting to find it difficult to remember too, but your dad finally managed to contact Caspian. I must have tied notes to the legs of ten different ravens, said Alfie's dad. One of them must have got the message to Caspian and he sent the coach for us. We've been at Munnin and Bones' office since morning, waiting for the mist to fade. All of them brought your message, Mr. Bloom, sighed Caspian. Not that we needed it. They were most aggrieved at having notes tied to them like common homing pigeons. Simply telling them would have been enough. Aunt Grace began to fuss over everyone again, but a strange silence fell as someone else stepped out of the coach. Emily, Ashford whispered under his breath. Ashford! Emily stood nervously by the coach, her long green dress flowing over the cobbles. It's really you! She took a step towards him and then faltered as though unsure whether to go to him. It was all the encouragement Ashford seemed to need. He ran towards her, swept her up into his arms, and buried his face in her hair. So, who would like a nice cup of tea? Aunt Grace said brightly, trying to distract everyone from the couple wrapped tightly in each other's arms. I'll give you a hand, love, said Uncle Herb gruffly. He followed her through the ruined doors of the castle, carrying a large picnic basket. I knew something was wrong when you wouldn't see me, said Emily. But Caspian just said that at least one of us had come to our senses. She turned to the solicitor. See, you're not always right. Just because she can't bear humans doesn't mean I can't choose who I want to be with. Caspian pretended not to hear as he walked away to inspect the damage to the castle. Hey, what does she mean by she? Who? Who did she mean by she? asked Granny. Her, said Madeline as Emily walked over to the queen. Artan realized everyone was looking at him. His eyes went dull and he let himself slip from the queen's shoulders as if he was nothing more than a rug. The queen stood up and brushed down her robes indignantly. That's her? The one behind all this? said Granny. Who did she think she is sitting there wearing Alfie's rug like she's the queen of Sheba? She rolled up her sleeves and began to march towards her. Alfie's dad grabbed her quickly around the waist. Hold on, Mary, hold on. Whoa, wait a second. There's something going on here. Better not get between them. Granny straightened her jumper, then crossed her arms and watched the queen like an eagle, as though daring her to try something. But the queen only had eyes for Emily staring down at her with a strange expression on her face. She began to speak in Elvish, but Emily shook her head. English, she said sharply. The queen stiffened, but continued in English. Why do you wear this glamour? If we are to talk, take on your true form. As Alfie watched, something seemed to shimmer around Emily, and suddenly she was taller. Her face mirrored the queen's own beauty, but her features were softer and kinder. Happy now, Mom, she said. Mom, gasped Amy, looking to Alfie. Did you know? Not a clue. Alfie's head was reeling. Emily Fortune, Caspian Bones administrator, was the daughter of the elven queen, and she was in love with Ashford? So she was the other thing the queen thought Ashford had stolen from her. Was it worth it? Sneered the queen. Helping a thief steal from your mother, your queen? 
Was it worth being banished from your home to work for a crow? Caspian was still examining the damage to the castle, but Alfie saw him stiffen at her words. Banishment was the best thing that happened to me, said Emily. You used the lens exactly as I knew you would. It should never have been in your hands. I had to call on Asher's help to take it for your own sake. You saw how Marriott turned your soldiers against you for his power. Its purpose now is far more noble. Ashford spat the queen, her eyes flickering to the butler. You insult your entire race by consorting with this human thief, this unworthy. Enough, said Emily, fire burning in her eyes as a shadow of the queen's own temper appeared in her face. I make my own choices, mother. The shadow passed, and her voice softened as she stepped back. Caspian will pronounce the punishment for what you have done here. Alfie jumped out of the queen out of Caspian's path as he strode towards the queen, her crow insult obviously still burning in his ears. As of today, the elven realm is in exile. There will be no trade with your race. All doorways, portals, and paths between your realm and other lands will be sealed. For one hundred years. Color rose in the queen's pale cheeks, but she seemed to know better than to argue with Caspian. She nodded stiffly. Only chosen ambassadors will be able to visit your realm. Your army will be dispersed. And if there is even a thought of invading invading other lands, he paused for dramatic effect. The exile will be 1,000 years. He pointed at the portal. Now go. The queen turned, then paused in front of the shimmering portal. Hey, why is she just standing there? Said Robin. She got off lightly. I thought she'd be straight through. I'll say she got off lightly, said Granny. I'll help her through that thing with the end of my boot. She's scared said Alfie, surprised to find himself feeling sorry for her. Her soldiers turned against her, and her big plan failed. She probably doesn't know who to trust back home. The queen turned to Emily, her face no longer confident and cruel, as she said in a wavering voice, Come with me. Emily took her hand. For a short while, she said gently, I do have a job to get back to. That place would fall apart without me. She winked at Caspian, who raised a single eyebrow in response. Don't go, said Ashford, suddenly dashing forwards. Not yet. He held something tightly clenched in one fist. The reason I went back after all that happened well, it was to have something made. I thought I had gone undetected the first time, but when I went back to collect it, they followed me through. I don't understand, said Emily. What was important enough for you to take that risk? You, said Ashford. He knelt on the cobbles before her. Emily's hands flew to her mouth. No way, said Amy, clutching Alfie's arm. Madeline grabbed the other and bit her knuckles nervously. What? asked Alfie, looking to Robin, who shook his head in equal confusion. Shh! Hush, Granny. Even Alfie's dad was frozen to the spot. 
Emily Fortune, said Ashford, opening his hand to reveal a silvery elven ring glowing with white moonstones. Will you marry me? Alfie didn't even hear an answer over Amy and Madeline's shouts of delight, but he guessed Emily must have said yes as Ashford slipped the ring onto her finger and they kissed. Uh, well, there's, uh, there's really no need for that, said Robin, quickly looking away. Emily wiped a tear from her face as everyone rushed over to congratulate them. Even Caspian stiffly shook hands with both of them. Alfie's dad patted Ashford on the back. Alfie smiled at the two of them together and decided it might be just a bit too weird to let his dad know that Ashford was his great-great-grandson. The queen's lips were pressed together so hard they had turned white. But as Ashford and Emily looked to her, she gave a nod so slight it was barely noticeable. Well, that's more approval than I ever expected from Mom, grinned Emily. Goodbye for now, Ashford. She hugged him tightly. I'll return as soon as things are settled back in the realm, and you... She turned to Caspian, suddenly fierce again. There will be no punishment for Ashford. Do you hear me? He was kidnapped, tortured, and nearly killed. I think that's punishment enough, don't you? Caspian went even paler than his usual shade, something that Alfie wouldn't have thought possible. His jaw tightened as he said, mm, There is more of it than that. He broke our pact and led an army of elves to Alfie's door. And saved us from them, said Alfie, stepping in front of Ashford. The crown was destroyed. It can never be used again. Amy, Madeline, and Robin flushed to flank him between the butler and the solicitor. You see, said Emily, Alfie has forgiven him, so there's no need to take this to Mr. Munnan. Yeah, he's not going anywhere with you, said Amy still completely unawed by Caspian. The solicitor looked to Alfie. You are happy for me to leave him here with you after all he has done? Alfie tilted his head back to look up at Caspian, his jaw thrust out. He's not going anywhere, he said firmly. Hmm. Then Ashford shall remain here on parole, said Caspian crisply, as though it was his own idea. His first duty will to be rebuild the tower and clear up the destruction he has wrought. That's a bit unfair, said Alfie, but Ashford was grinning. It will be done by morning, he agreed. Emily and Ashford shared one last lingering look, and then Emily took the queen's hand. Come on then, Mum," she said, leaning her through the portal. As the ripples in the portal died down, Caspian uncorked a bottle of highly scented oil, removed a calligraphy brush from his pocket, and flexed his fingers. Now to seal this portal properly. Wait, said Alfie quickly. I nearly forgot there's one thing left. I'll get him, said Ashford. The butler disappeared into the castle, returning swiftly with Loth the elf, still in his elven long johns. Alfie, Amy, and the twins grabbed his arms and legs. Together, the five of them carried him to the portal, and after a few big swings to build up momentum, hurled him through. Madeline stuck her head through the portal. And don't come back! Her muffled voice yelled after him. Is that all then? said Caspian. I will need full concentration to seal this portal properly. 
please refrain from disturbing me during the ritual. Refrain from disturbing, Grammy, Granny muttered under her breath as Caspian dipped his brush in the oil. He began to paint symbols that soaked straight into the dry bark leaf, excuse me, into the dry bark, leaving a faint glow in the dark. I'll disturb him right in the Mary, said Alfie's dad quickly. Come on, everyone. Grace and Herb must have finished making that tea by now.